Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. All-terrain vehicles will not be street legal in Sitka on January 1st. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, it voted to opt out of a new state law allowing ATVs on some public roads in the new year. The new state regulations allow ATVs on roads with speed limits of 45 miles per hour or less. ATVs must be registered with license plates to be road legal and meet other safety requirements. But that's not enough for some state safety organizations, like the State's Association of Police Chiefs, which published a letter in opposition to the new state rules last month. Sitka's Police and Fire Commission unanimously called for the city to opt out, and that was enough for the Assembly to press the pause button. The group voted 4-2 to to opt out of the state's new ATV rules, with Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis and Assembly Member Dave Miller opposed. That keeps Sitka's road rules status quo for now, but some Assembly members who voted to opt out agreed to attempt to draft a set of ATV road rules that could work for Sitka, with the plan to bring their regulations to the Police and Fire Commission for consideration in draft form and ultimately to the full Assembly for consideration. We'll have more coverage of the Sitka Assembly meeting on Raven News tonight at 518. For many, the monotonous early days of the pandemic were a time filled with new hobbies, projects, and general escapism. In Sitka, the live-action role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons offered a handful of young people their own fantasy-laden escape. KCAW's Tosh Kimmel spoke with some D&D players to learn more about the role-playing game's renaissance. A wizard, a paladin, a cleric, a fighter, and a gnome have just begun a perilous journey. The group, meandering on horseback, approaches the edge of a ransacked village, a harbinger of things to come. But this isn't their first voyage together, and it doesn't take long for this ragtag bunch of mythical beings to stumble upon their first obstacle. So the group is like wandering down the street, the road, it's a dirt road, uh, between the refugee camp that was obliterated uh, by the phoenix and walking towards town so essentially before this whole group gets to here you see this scene at the edge of town and it looks like a pack of wolves is fighting a group of orcs this may sound like the plot of a new fantasy film but in reality this gathering of otherworldly creatures is a group of 20-somethings around the kitchen table They come together every weekend to play Dungeons & Dragons, or D&D, a fantasy-based live-action role-playing game. D&D is a classic, beloved by role-players since the 1970s, but last year its popularity surged in Sitka, due at least in part to the pandemic. We should let them kill each other and then we pick off the survivors. It's much easier. That's a lot. Area of effect. Friday nights in this house aren't about reality. They're about testing the limits of your imagination. And as TJ Witherspoon found out, when you're stuck inside for weeks on end, there's not much else to do. My in-person D&D play really took off last year. I had this small bubble of people, and I was like, you guys, (laughs) we're like the only people we all hang out with. We should try playing D&D. And we've played almost every week for the last 30 weeks. <laughs> like many Sitkins, Witherspoon didn't start his D&D career until adulthood. 
I woke up one morning and a high school friend of mine, who I hadn't seen for years, sent me a message on Google Hangout. It just said, you are a druid named Spoondar and you are in the forest. What do you do? And it was just like a cold call <laughs> with just him and I. Now, Witherspoon is the DM or dungeon master for one local group. That means he's in charge of leading what are known as campaigns, building the imaginary worlds his friends traverse while playing the game. If some of my players enter a tavern, I provide them the name of the barkeep. I provide them the name of the tavern. I describe what the inside looks like. The campaign is just that story being told from start to finish. Once the dungeon master sets the scene, players decide how the characters they created get from point A to point B. For D&D newcomer Adam Lekowitz, this means for a few hours each week, he's Gorb, the gnome. He is two foot one inch tall. He is a bard, bald on top with what curly wild hair on the sides. Uh, he's a very grumpy man, and his end goal in the game is to kill the phoenix, which is my DM's like big boss for our session. Remember the epic battle between the orcs and the wolves at the beginning of this story? Well, Gorb actually saved the day by casting a spell called Stinking Cloud with his enchanted flute. D&D seemed like a great way to spend some cold, rainy weekends inside, where I my brain is basically like creating a whole world where I can join in. Although D&D picked up steam during the height of the pandemic, with another COVID winter looming in Sitka, Witherspoon says its popularity shows no signs of slowing. It definitely feels like since we've all been cooped up, uh, the the DMs have come out of the woodwork and been like, hey, I have these stories that we could be telling together and we have almost nothing else to do. So, <laughs> My name's Artemis I've lived in Sitka for a lot of years now as a fisher person. I'm uh, trying to get a little group together to play D&D uh, &D currently. Artemis Klejka is preparing to be a dungeon master for the first time. It's funny, I, was, I didn't really know how much of a D&D &D, uh, following existed in Sitka, and now I'm quickly seeing, like, oh, lots of people either interested or playing it already. Klejka hopes to get her group off the ground in the new year. She's ready to mine her own imagination for the next great fantasy. In its simplest form, Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing game. But on a deeper level, it taps into our intrinsic love of storytelling. In a time when the real world seems chaotic and even scary, sometimes the only antidote is rolling a six and casting a stinking cloud to make your problems disappear. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Tosh Kimmel. A few Saturdays back, the line for lift tickets and rentals at Juno's city-owned ski area was about an hour and a half long. Eagle Crest ski area managers say there were several factors that likely contributed to the unusual line, including that they are short-staffed. KTOO's Jeremy Shea reports. It's a Tuesday, and Eagle Crest ski area is closed. But there was a fresh dump of snow overnight, and a few dozen cars are in the parking lot. A trickle of people are coming and going, with gear first skinning up the slopes while the lifts aren't running. Uh, we just hiked to the top and wanted to get some fresh powder in. Jake Hamilton is one of them. He also worked as a lift operator here last season. I honestly didn't even know how much I was going to get paid when I started. <laughs> I didn't ask. It wasn't important to you. Yeah, I just wanted to ski. Pre-skiing and pre-transportation to work are some of the job perks. But the lifts usually only run five days a week, his work week. I ended up quitting because I wasn't skiing enough. <laughs> I wanted to wanted to ski more. But. And I guess the pay itself wasn't enough to... Yeah, the pay itself wasn't enough to sustain a living. Dave Scanlon is the general manager of Eaglecrest. 
staffing has been an extreme challenge this year, much more so than previous years. He and other city officials have been talking about the ski area's unusual pay scale for months. It begins at $8.50 an hour. That's a buck eighty-four below Alaska's minimum wage. The state minimum wage law doesn't apply to government workers, and Eaglecrest is city-owned. So we do our best to fill people in higher positions as much as we can to be slightly competitive. But our entire wage scale is just so far below every other city department. Like libraries, pools, and other city services, the ski area's budget doesn't balance itself without taxpayer support. About three out of every $10 it takes to run the ski area comes from local taxes. For the next ski season, Scanlon and his board of directors plan to ask the Juneau Assembly for enough money to bring entry-level pay up to the state minimum wage and apply that same 22% increase up the entire pay scale. He says that would also bring Eagle Crest workers' pay in line with industry norms around the country. So as you can imagine, there's definitely a real financial impact to fixing this problem, and that's kind of how we got into the position that we've been in. For this season, board member Sean Isley says it's possible there may be end-of-season bonuses if the ski area's finances stay on the trajectory they've been on so far. Isley also spends a lot of time skinning and skiing on the mountain. He's a little wistful about seasonal ski jobs. I mean, I think everybody who grows up skiing, like, thinks about being a ski bum at some point, right? Isley says that worked for a lot of people in the past, but times are changing. Particularly, like, you look at Ski Patrol, all the safety certifications they have to have. and Just, no, I mean, no matter which job it is, I think there's a lot more responsibility that's expected of people now. And so, um, you know, it's time to bring that up. And just with COVID, like, wages have risen everywhere in the last couple of years, so you need to stay competitive. Eaglecrest's leadership has also been working on big-picture, long-term plans to expand operations on the mountain, in a way that reduces or eliminates the burden on taxpayers. Ideas there include a lot of off-season activities, like lift-assisted mountain biking, zip lines, and accessible activities for cruise ship visitors. For the winter, Scanlon says there may be a way to operate seven days a week, which would also make living the ski bum dream a little more accessible. From Eaglecrest on Douglas Island, I'm Jeremy Shea. And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good morning. Just a little bit after 8 a.m. here on this Wednesday morning. Currently 39 degrees with light rain falling outside. Just a quick look at the community calendar. Uh, the Christmas bird count planning meeting that was scheduled for 6 p.m. this evening at the Raptor Center has been canceled. And a reminder, the actual bird count day is Sunday, January 2nd. This is Morning